Hello, and welcome to another special edition of Capital Cast Perspectives on Progress. In this series, we're focusing on the state of race relations in Illinois and how the state can move forward from the protests and demonstrations that have galvanized a movement. Today, I talk with State Representative Maurice West, a member of the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus, who represents the 67th district in Rockford. That city has been the site of a series of protests in recent weeks. Those protests, along with many more across the state and the country, were sparked by the death last month of an unarmed black man, George Floyd, at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer. One of many such officer-involved killings in recent years that have involved people of color. West is a first-term Democrat who previously worked as a career counselor. He is also an ordained minister. In a phone interview, I asked him what his reaction was when he saw the video of George Floyd's death. The, the thing that went through my mind, well, first, after I, I cried of anger and uh, sadness, I thought that, you know, that could have easily been me. There was nothing in this video to justify it. And what I mean by that is people could always find a way to justify, well, he was talking, he or she was talking back they shouldn't have been running away. Uh, they shouldn't have been so irate. He was on the ground in handcuffs. There was nothing that could have justified it. And so uh, I was sad, I was mad, and I was like, that could have easily been me. And um, that's what made it even scarier. You mentioned just a few seconds ago about uh, protests in your community. What's the mood in your community right now? What are you hearing oh. from constituents? The same thing that that is going on in all the other communities, uh, but the biggest the biggest way I interpret it is the unfamiliar voices are just wanting to be heard, and what I mean by that is I've, I've had a lot of stakeholders reach out to me for to for an answer, and I'm and I say to them, my voice is familiar because I'm a leader in the community. We need to hear the unfamiliar voices. So that's what uh, the cry is of uh, the community of Rockford, um, to hear the unfamiliar voices and like our mayor listening to uh, the groups that are putting on these protests and really understanding where they're coming from. So what do you make of the protests nationally? I mean, on my end, it seems to, I seem to hear a lot of effort to kind of delegitimize many of them by saying they're being organized by outside groups or something. Uh, is that the sense that you get? The one in Rockford was organized, and the biggest thing that we have to decipher is there was a, there's a distinct difference, and I've heard this throughout other major cities, there was a distinct difference from those who protested and those who were looters. Um, a lot of I've heard a lot of testimonies that hey I left the protest when it ended, and then got home and was wondering what the heck went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, there's foreign, foreign uh, people who were were around were a part of the community who were a part of the looting that even happened here in Rockford. Um, and so I get that, but I think the um, depending on where you went, the the, the Uh, protests were organized. Dr. King famously said that riots are uh, the language of the unheard. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even when you see violence and looting and arson, 
those are actual genuine expressions of rage against economic injustice, social injustice. Is that what you sense is going on, or are these just people taking advantage of kind of chaos in the streets and making an opportunity out of it? Oh, don't get me wrong. We, everyone can be in agreement that there are people taking advantage of this, um, with the chaos in the street. But uh, the, at the baseline, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's the outrage. They have no other way. It's that righteous indignation, that righteous anger. They have no other way to express themselves than being mad and you know and outraged. And but it's, it's just unfortunate that there's people who are capital, capitalizing on that moment just to be deviant and taken away from the message. So what do you think needs to change now about the national conversation and in particular about the media coverage? Not only uh, race relations, but how we cover the protests and what mm-hmm. people are trying to say. Mm-hmm. I think, um, well, just coming from the media, you guys have the best platform right now. And to utilize your platform to talk with uh, those who are unfamiliar, to, who feel that they're voiceless, and just let them let them be wrong, let them be vulnerable with how they're feeling, so that we can hear them and uh, people around us who are may not be black and not may not understand what we're going through can hear them and really um, uh, hear the emotion and rawness to their story. Uh, this is time for us to be vulnerable on both sides. Uh, unheard voices be vulnerable in how they're feeling and share it. Those who are scared to speak out because I'm not black and I don't want to sound, I don't want to be insulting to the movement. No, there's nothing wrong with being uh, ignorant. Ignorant is not a, ignorant just simply means I don't have the knowledge. Let's talk about what I, how you're feeling. I had a, I saw a guy on Facebook talk about, I never thought I had dealt with white privilege. I'm a white man, and, I'm, and I always argue that I don't have white privilege, but I see now that I'm a, I have a GED and I have a great job that I got in 1976. And a black man in my same position would not have received that job in 1976. So I do have privilege. That, that story by itself resonated with me because he, he understood, got it now like you understanding it you may not live it but finding a way to understand it is where we need to get to right now and the media can play a huge role in that so what do you think you can do from a legislative angle i know governor pritzker has put this you know at the top of his agenda from the very start but what do you think needs to be done right now right now i really believe that legislation needs to be tailored around ideas that are, that is given to us by the community, those who are unheard. Um, a lot of, if that's an, that's an uh, action plan that the Black Caucus, Legislative Black Caucus, is putting together even now. We're even calling for a special session so that we can um, pass legislation that a lot of Black Caucus members have been, have filed years ago, but never saw the light of day. But with the here and now and what we're going through, we really feel that um, legislation can move forward. And it's not legislation that ban- that puts that penalizes or punishes police officers in general. 
this is legislation that that puts uh, that puts a, a microscope on the bad actors. All police are not bad police. Mm-hmm. You just need to weed out the bad actors. That's all it is. But you know, I mean, we, we've seen so many of these instances of unarmed black men, primarily uh, dying at the hands of law enforcement officers. What needs to change within the culture of law enforcement? Because uh, it's happened in Illinois too. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I had a great conversation with a, a member of the uh, law enforcement, and. On yesterday, he was shared with me. He's scared to say anything. He wants to say something, but he's scared to say something because he he he's being stereotyped as a bad police officer um, because he's a law enforcement. Now. And I said to him, black people get stereotyped all the time as being bad because we're black. We can we can build on that similarity in terms of stereotypes. And so it's all about also bringing police into the conversation, understanding how they're feeling and where they're coming from and build from there. See, that's not a that's not a, a popular thing to say because you hear all these people say, F the police. Well, we, that's not going to help us to get to where we need to be. Conversations have to be two-sided, which means the police must uh, have a conversation, be a part of the conversation as well. I mean, it just seems like the indifference within the police culture toward the African-American community has been there for so many decades, so many generations. How, yeah. how long do you think it will take? And have we reached a tipping point with this particular case? I think this particular case has uh, brought us to the point where we are turning the, the, the wheel of this humongous boat. And you know it's not, you can't turn a boat as fast as you turn a car. It takes uh, a long time for the boat to turn, mm-hmm. but this this event has started the process where the the wheel is turning, and now we have to be consistent in the message and consistent in the plan of action because it's going to take a while. This is, has been something in the works for generations, and so um, everyone needs to be on board of turning this ship around and. It, and so that's why I said earlier we have to be raw and vulnerable because we're going to make mistakes. The police are going to have oops. The community is going to have oops. But we can't let that bring us back to where uh, we're against each other. We have to start turning this boat around together. So what would you like to see from your legislative colleagues on both sides of the aisle? What do you think needs to happen here? The biggest thing I would like to see the, from both sides of the aisle that any legislation brought to the General Assembly from the Black Caucus that's focused around police reform, that they, no questions asked, get on board. We're not trying to restrict or punish the police. That's not the approach we're coming from. We're trying to right some wrongs, and if you can't get on board, then why should we get on board with you? This is, this is not about you at the moment. We need, the Black community needs support in this time Please just stand with us, as, just like we stand with you on, on legislation that you bring forward. This is, that's, what, that's what I'm asking from my colleagues. You know, for whatever reason, the Republican caucus, many members of the Republican caucus, have been very reluctant to get on board with anything that looks like it's criticizing law enforcement. How do you get past that 
sort of cultural reluctance on their part. Yeah, I know it sounds like a cliche, but uh, when we pour our heart out to why this this is happening, like why this legislation is being brought forth, when we share it with the advocates, share it with the law enforcement, and uh, share with them that we're not trying to punish you, but you are, you know, your your salary is paid from taxpaying dollars, and some of your taxpayers are not don't, do not feel safe with what is going on. If you, hopefully, they'll be able to at least come to the table and talk with us, because if you know, it comes down to compromise. I know for a fact that some of my bills. I may not look the way I wanted it to look when I brought it in, but that's that's the beauty of the checks and balances of both sides of the aisle. But if you're not willing to do that, shame on you, and uh, we need to find a way to uh, find someone who's more uh, open-minded to other, other people's differences. That was State Representative Maurice West of Rockford. And this has been a special edition of Capital Cast Perspectives on Progress. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Our theme music is by Kevin McLeod. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock saying thank you for listening. <laughs>